the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest for you today, Posh Esfendieri. He is the co-founder and managing principal of Evoke Capital. Evoke Capital primary objective is helping others achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. Posh, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, Timothy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to... Uh... You're going to make us all rich, right? Right now. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Next, next 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got the magic magic formula. There you Man, go. That's awesome because I've been looking for it for 52 years. So, uh, <laughs> but no, no, really. No, that's good. I'm excited to, get, to hear what's going on over at Evoke and, and mm-hmm. how you do it. So why don't we just go ahead and start at the beginning? Uh, you know, how did you get, and I know there's a story there because I did a little due diligence on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how did you get started in real estate and then eventually, you know, starting Evoke? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I truly think that I, I took on my father's dream, really. I mean, from as a child, I've always wanted to get in real estate. I don't know where it came from, but I always knew that my end game was real estate. And the reason why I say I think it was my father, because uh, we we migrated here from uh, Iran when I was three years old. And my father was very successful back in Iran. But when he came to the States, I mean, he had to work odd jobs. He had to work as a host and a manager at restaurants and uh, two jobs at once. And so he just had to put food on the table for his two children. Um, but I always remember very distinctly every time we drove past a home that sold in the last five years, he goes, ah, oh, I should have bought that home. And ah, oh, I should have bought that land. And ah, oh, like just always in in, in such uh infatuation with real estate and and the wealth it could provide. So I think along the way, just kind of hearing my father say that, I think as a child, you're so impressionable. And right. I just took it on. I just took it on as as his dream. And, uh, you know, and still to this day, like my father's my biggest fan. And anytime I do anything in real estate, he's just like so happy for me. And so that's awesome. I'm pretty sure that's where I got it from. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I love hearing that. So tell me about who your target audience is. Are we talking about an accredited investors or, you know, is it run the gamut? Yeah, it's it's accredited investors. Um, I I really, really wish that the laws were different here in the U.S. that anyone could invest. But I understand why you have to go against accredited investors because everything that happened in in, in the financial depression in the 20s. Sure. But. Um, if I could open it up to everybody, I would, uh, just because I really feel like financial literacy is really big, uh, portion of education that we really need. But yes, I, I target accredited investors. What we do at Evoke is we target, uh, mobile home parks in the Midwest inefficiently mom and pop brand. And if you consider mobile home parks, a a niche within a niche, well, I mean, a niche, then we're a niche with inside of that niche because we target secondary tertiary markets. We stay underneath institutional money. And we do the the dirty work that a lot of people don't want to do with mobile home parks. Yeah, yeah. I would think that, yeah. I mean, I because I do talk to a lot and they'll say 
almost polar opposite. Like we don't do mobile home parks. And I, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I always thought, I go, well, I know just, I live in the South, right? I live in, I yep. live in Florida. Uh, I'm from Texas. So if you think of two states and the states in between that have quite a few mobile home parks, mm-hmm. oh, um, as I can see in your, your list, you know, Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, places like that. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I lived in Arizona. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, all these places. So there, there's definitely opportunity there. You know, and obviously it's working. Oh, yeah, it's working out pretty well for you. So how? And so as long as we are talking about the properties, um, how do you go about a finding your properties? And you don't have to give away the secret sauce if you don't want. But how do you find the properties? And how do you vet the properties? Yeah, I think one thing I I do want to address that I think is really important mm-hmm. is that throughout my career, even before this, when I played poker professionally and, mm-hmm. and now into real estate, I will go where there's less competition. And I firmly believe the more headaches you solve, the more you'll get rewarded in the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what led me to mobile home parks is higher yields. But man, like up front, it's a lot more work and there's stigmas around it. But there's always opportunities and margins within that. So I just, you know, that, that was really important. And then can you repeat that, that question yeah, again that, as well? How, how, do, how do you go about um, finding and vetting um, oh, yeah. the properties? Yeah, that was a long, yes. that was a long question. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Uh, so, you know, we're still traditional over at Evoke. I'm still all about broker outreach. I have relationships with brokers. Most of the deals at mobile home parks are through brokers. And so all of our deals to date have been off-market deals from brokers. Um, and so we haven't created a division inside of our company yet to go off market campaigns. We're still not there yet because we're finding most of our deals and most of our high yielding properties are coming from brokers. And that's what we'll keep attacking. So I'm old school that way. Right. And the way we vet it is I think really like any other deal. I mean, you're going to get the financials and the expenses and the PLs, all the T12s and all that. And you're going to do your mathematical due diligence. And then once you end up getting it in and, and it fits your formula, we're going to go there and just go really, really hard on our due diligence. Right. And I think we, I'm sure there's a ton of people who do, but we're pretty uh, diligent inside of our due diligence process. My partners are amazing at what they do. Um, and we always go vet it and we always go to the properties just like any other deal, I would say. Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. So you have a lot of uh, boots on the ground then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we built out a good team over here at Evoke. Yeah, that's fantastic. So tell me about, um, you know, are are you? So this is basically a way to get passive returns, correct? Passive investments. Absolutely. I think the the biggest key in mobile home parks. I think really the biggest investment thesis that I really catapulted my career in real estate investing is understanding. The game within commercial real estate, it's, and it's for me, it's this, you get into a property, you force the appreciation and the equity, and you get your money back out by recapitalizing through typically a refi um, process. And then after that, you can be cash flowing in perpetuity after that. And then maybe down seven years down the line, you can refi as well. So really, this is a cash flow play along with uh, recapitalizing your initial investment so that you could go recycle into another property. And I may not make as much money as the other uh, investors or operators who go and sell their products faster to make right. that faster buck short term. But I bet you 20 years down the line, once I have my hand on so many assets as pre- appreciating with time, I'm going to crush it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell me a little bit about, um, well, let's say this. 
And this is a hard question. It's a hard question for me to ask, Bosh. So, <laughs> and I, I know you're thinking, "Holy crap, what could this be?" But, yeah. but it's, but you, it's not that hard of a question. But some people don't like answering. On a day-to-day basis of it, if I came out, visited you, and we had, uh, you know, beverage of our choice, you know, at a local restaurant, yeah, and we're just kicking back, we're talking. You're telling me about, you know, how you got started. Same conversation we're having now. And I said, Posh. There's got to be something on a day-to-day basis that that you're trudging around having difficulty with and or it's just an ongoing fight for you. But I could solve that problem. What would it be if I just had a magic wand and I was like, Posh, I can solve this problem right now? What would that be? Or is there a problem? Is it just that smooth right now? No, nothing's ever smooth. There's always ways to systemize and improve and optimize on the first thing that came to my mind is I wish I had more deals to buy because the money is yeah. out there, even even yeah. in the recession that we have. Mm-hmm. But I know that will come with time. The more brokers that I speak to, the more brokers that we connect with, that will come with time. And it feels like an easy answer. So I'm not going to give it that. And I really think it's finding the right fits within the organization. Finding rock stars as employees, I think is the most difficult piece of the puzzle to find because I know with time what I'm building, what we're doing, we're going to get the results we want. And so being able to grow with certain people and individuals who can really help propel the business, help prepare that job description, I think is probably the hardest part to find. Gotcha. Gotcha. So tell me about the next, you know, one, three and five years. And you kind of alluded to it right there. You know, like finding more brokers to work with, finding more deals. Um, you know, what's the one, three, and five year plan? How big do you want to get? How big, you know, how much can you manage? You know, or how much do you want to manage? I guess there's always the can, right? Yeah. Uh, how much do you want to manage? What's the goal here? Yeah. So we just launched a fund uh, this earlier this year, uh, probably about four months ago. We've already raised up seven point five million in that fund, so that we can help scale or help us scale. Mm-hmm. We've we we're about twelve hundred. Uh, lots and units now. And we've only really started, I want to say about 14 months ago, really starting with Evoke. So we've been able to scale conservatively with the properties we're able to find. I would say in the one year, it's all about systemization, optimizing the business internally as we're doing, as we're implementing pieces of the puzzle and growing out who has what job descriptions. I think you can always optimize that continuously. Um, And secondly, Really, uh, if you use unit count as a measure, I would say about the three-year mark, we want to be close to that 5,000 lots. Mm -hmm. I know for sure we have an end goal of about 15,000 pads total for Evoke. We we plan on being in here for the next 10, 15 years easily. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's that's pretty good size, I would say, 15,000 pads. Yeah, we'd be a big big player. Yeah, I mean... uh, if you don't mind me asking, who's your in this area of real estate? Who are your competitors? I mean, I want to mention uh, the podcast, and it's okay. Uh, but what are they looking like as far as number of pads? If you even know that. Yeah, I think my next closest competitor to here's the thing for what exactly we do. There's a lot of great mobile home park operators, right? And, but everyone taxed things and sees things a little different for for what we do 
Right. I know of one other operator that attacks the same kind of properties we do, but they sell the properties after three to five years. Okay. Whereabouts we keep all of our properties. Okay. Um, and so I don't know who's all there. Like I said earlier in the in, in the call, well, I'm a niche within a niche of what we attack. Right. And I don't, because right. what we're doing is it's, it's, it's lauded with a lot of headaches up front, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of operational intensity. And that's why I keep saying we're building out our people and our systems always continuously get it better with our operations because it's so um, um, in time intensive up front in what we do. But we're also getting higher yields and higher rewards because of it. Yeah, I mean, that isn't that the case, though? I mean, you, you're being very granular. You've dug down, dug down, dug deep, dug deep, not doing what everybody else is specifically doing. Because trust me, I talk to a lot and yeah. I hear a lot. So this is, this is really probably for what you're specifically doing. You're probably one of the first I've spoken with in yeah. 250 episodes, you know? So yeah, that's uh, amazing. We're a niche with the niche. If I had a <laughs> horn, you. you know, I'd blow the horn and confetti would fall. Yeah. But no, Pash, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think that's awesome. And I, I, I really, uh, uh, having come from investing in mobile homes myself um, mm -hmm. in the past, uh, I don't probably understand the full scope of what goes through, but I know what I had to go through right. uh, simply because of what they are and where they're located and things like that, you know? So yeah, bravo to you for, for really making it a, a, a becoming a bigger player or a big player in that area. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to invest, how do they get in touch with you? Is it uh, directly at the website or is there another way? Yeah, the, it, the easiest way is if you go to my uh, website, evocapital.net, there's an investor portal. You can sign up with the information on there. As soon as you sign up, I'll personally reach out to you, connect with you, and then always happy to jump on a one-on-one -on -one call with you. I still do that with all my investors. Awesome. I, I, like I said, I'm old school. I'm relationship uh, oriented. That's the best way to get a hold of me and see if you want to invest. I noticed, uh, and we'll we'll put all the details obviously uh, in you know in with the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So I also noticed, uh, Posh, that you you have some multifamily, right? You have some complexes yes. and things like that. So, or do you find those deals the same way that you're finding the pad deals, the the mobile home deals? Um, is it someone bringing you those deals on the ground, or do you guys have a methodology or because I've heard a lot of methodologies to finding multifamily, right? Because there's yeah. a lot of them out there. Um, what's what's your methodology, or how are you finding those deals? Again, you know, we we bought those very early on when we first started the okay. book, and we shy away from we're we're not actively looking for apartment complexes, gotcha. but in the market that we are in, because we own about close to you know like. I, I believe a, close to 400 units in Wichita, Kansas. Right. If the brokers who know me bring a deal that makes sense, I'll go ahead and buy it. Right. But we are strictly hundred percent focused on mobile home parks as awesome. Evo capital. So, okay. you know, it, I'm not going to say no to a good deal, but I understand how much more difficult, at least from our standpoint, apartment complexes are compared to mobile home parks. So we shy away from apartment complexes now. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you on that, and yeah. you know that I think that's fantastic. So I'll go ahead and ask about overall, and in, in you just ballpark. I don't need specifics. You may have them, but returns. You said they're a little bit better than than the norm. 
Um, yeah. Compare it. Go ahead. If you you know if you can discuss returns a little bit and how those have been over this past year. Sure. So you know, it it's quite in every uh, fund or syndication. I think the average re uh, investor retail investor is getting about a or promised about a 16 to 18 percent IRR return right mm -hmm. that's pretty normal yeah on average all of the properties on the investor level were able to return above a 20 percent IRR return nice. and our cash flows um obviously we, we offer an eight pref right off the gate that's not uh waiting you know a year or so that's right out the gate as soon as you invest you're getting an eight pref as soon as we're deploying all your capital Right on that, and we're about to, you know, we're we're always double digits cash flow within year two in all of our properties typically. So you can count on, and this is, you know, it's it's a fund. There's a lot of deals, but you can count on at least a ten percent average cash on cash, if not more. And you're looking at over a twenty percent IRR, pretty standardly for us. Yeah, but great. that's because of the the markets that we're in and what right. we attack. Right. Any markets in the mobile community um when i say markets geographically uh that yeah. you won't tackle yes california new jersey colorado and new york we will not touch you want to talk about yeah, that i'll elaborate <laughs> sure <Yeah. laughs> uh, well typically because uh, they they lead to I, I, be more more, yeah. more blue states sure. and and there's always a threat of uh statewide rent control which i think is like right. the biggest uh risk factor for the mobile home park industry. There's a lot, unfortunately, no matter what you do, when there's money to be had, there's a lot of bad actors in this space. And right. unfortunately, and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately as well, but mostly unfortunately for some uh, operators, they go in there and they'll jack up the tenants rent a hundred percent right out the gate. And that's not really fair to the tenants. While we have a margin that we do in comparison to their lot rent maximum, we never want to get on the news. We want to be able to sleep at night. So this is why a lot of these actors will go in, buy these properties, you'll hear on the news, and they'll jack up the rents by 100%. They're like, okay, I can't afford this. And so they just lose their home, which isn't right. Yeah, that that's not right at all. Yeah, I, nobody wants that. No. Um, yeah, so you know, I, there, there's so many questions I have. And we only have a few minutes left before we end up. So I don't want to, you know, ask the wrong question. Uh, when it comes to dollars invested, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are you putting in as far as capital on your part? What is the yeah. average deal size? And what are you looking, you know, I, I, I talk about $70 million deals sometimes. And then I talk about $10 million deals sometimes. Right. Where where is your sweet spot? And you know, I know we kind of alluded to it earlier, but what is, you know, on a day to day basis, Posh is walking around going, I need this thirty yeah. million dollar deal, or whatever that number is. Yeah, no, our sweet spot is the strike point of a strike price about three to seven million dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, on on the properties that we buy, so because that that way we are able to get the margins that we are. It's it hasn't been ran by an institution before. It's all mom and pop sellers. So that's where we're finding that's our sweet spot where it's scalable, plus we're hitting high margins and it's away from institutional money. Right. Any any uh, inroads or kind of hard head issues that you hit when investing in, in some of these deals? And now and I'm gonna I'm gonna just real quick posh preface it by saying when I purchased 
some mobile homes I ran into to invest and to lease out. I yeah. ran into issues, um, local issues. And this was in the state of Louisiana, uh, the state of Texas, and where I ran into issues about being able to insure the lots. Do y'all do y'all run run into any of that, or is that outside the? No, we don't really run into that. There's every single property is different. different. Every single property has its own set of unique headaches, right? right? And it really depends on the geographical area that we buy it. Some some municipalities are a lot tougher to work with. Some yeah. some are don't really care what you do. Um, so everyone is unique. I think the biggest thing we look for we're always cleaning up every single property that we go in there's always bad actors in almost every mobile yeah. park that we purchase that we have to do some cleanup um right. there's i i think the biggest uh, hurdle we run into is finding uh good uh brokers to help with our infill projects and you know we we recently essentially got scammed for $10,000 on one of our properties because someone promised us some mobile homes and they're just not giving it us back to them or giving it us back, back to us. Right. That's really what, and, and finding talent to fix up our properties. Right. right. So, and I think that's, that's pretty nationwide though. That's across the board. Good, yeah. That's yeah. across the board. So that's, that's really the most difficult part is being able to source these homes and infill projects. Do you bring in your own property management team or how does that, that operate? I know on other other deals with multifamily, sometimes, you know, they'll bring in their own teams to to run the complex. Anything yeah. like that or you take yes. who's... We, yeah. No, no, we we are the property managers. We want full control okay. specifically for how much work has to happen. They have to follow our systems and our uh, standards of what we do. Wow. Yeah. So are you in, in these new low? So when you go out and get a new property, say there's uh you know, a hundred pads, you know, I'm just making mm -hmm. up a number. So you're really from the ground floor hiring all new property manager. Do you bring people from other ones or? Yeah. So we, we have a tendency to take over whoever was already managing at, at the ground level because we right. always have an eyes and ears on there. Um, anything that's about a hundred over, we do have a full-time on-site manager, but on the, some of the smaller properties, we'll have somebody we work with at the end of the day, once you're able to systemize the mm -hmm. property, it doesn't take that much to run. There's just a ton right. of upfront work. Right. And we've also got our processes down pretty tight. And I, I, I kudos to, to my, my team for this is that as long as they work within our system, we have all the backend support and staff that they need. So right. everything gets outsourced back to us. They just need to be our eyes and ears. They need to take pictures, videos, tell us anything that's going on, put out notices. Other than that, we've streamlined everything. So it really nice. has kind of, yeah. So so at the end of the day, uh, it's, all, it's all been us, essentially. We won't get another property management company in, in there because we found in our past, they will never work up to our standards the way we like them to. Yeah, that and that's almost true just about everything, right? Every real yeah. estate deal. And I will say this on your behalf, Posh, mm -hmm. having invested on a small scale compared to you, I made a ton of money. So, <laughs> so if you're yeah, an good. investor, if you're an investor, and that's why I was so intent about okay you know, uh, specifics about the properties and things like that, mm. uh, because they are in, and I like how you've granulated it down 
dig dug deep dug deep because they are a great investment i in like yeah. i said you're one of 250 podcasts i've done and uh, no one has said this is our sweet spot in mobile home and we don't want anything else i get the obvious yeah. oh we got a couple of mobile homes i can't wait to get rid of them i'm going to sell them in two years <laughs> okay Gee, we I love it man we love the space God, I think that's great, man. I, you know, I, I look forward to maybe in the next three, six, nine months talking to you again about it. I hope so. Yeah. And kind of seeing where you're at and, uh, you know, maybe having an, another discussion about it. Um, Posh, I always let uh, my guest, you know, have the last word, take us out and, you know, anything on your heart, your mind, your soul, whatever it may be, it could be business. It could be family. doesn't matter, but uh, take a minute or two and take us out and tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, nothing really popped in my mind that's really monumental, but I just remember there's this one quote that I got from a mentor of mine. He said that there are no shortcuts in life, and the true way to wealth is get rich slow. You know, keep you building, buying assets, keep letting time do the work. We're going to keep printing money as an economy, buy good assets, let it pay for themselves, and let time and the economy do what it does, and that's just going to inflate with time. Yeah, that's a good sage advice, man. Posh Esfendieri, thank you so much. Evoke Capital. Yes, sir. Thank you thank so you. much for being on the show, and I look forward to talking to you again. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Thank you.